everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Court of Capes, where your favorite judges discuss, rate, and rank hero content, including live action, animation, and today, another anime. We're talking about Kogias. Let's freaking go. Season 1, still. Episodes 14 through 19. And this is what I would describe as the rising action to you guys and i off screen i told this before podcast and you guys agree with me and listeners i hope you agree as well this is the rising action and we three kind of know what's gonna happen and we're just waiting for you all to enjoy it but without further ado let me introduce myself and my fellow judges before we get into the work of this podcast. I am your darkness correspondent, Renegade Judge Shelton. Alongside of me, we have not your basic average girl and chaos bringer, Judge Brown. I am just excited to discuss what is happening in chaos right now. Mm. All right, yeah, just just there's, to discuss. Yes, matter of fact, I like it. Court yeah. is in session. Let's go. We also have the Conqueror and Supreme Overlord, Judge Cooper. Yeah, you know, today we're just going to fill up our car with some gasoline. <laughs> I, oh my goodness. I'm not used to you throwing out all these puns, Curtis, and I'm loving it. Give me all the freaking puns. You know, I, uh, I might. I might not have been born in the pundits, but I did adopt it. <laughs> Just like Batman. Just like Batman. My good, my boy, Batman. Oof. We got a new movie coming out sometime. It's called The Flash, but it's basically I, now, Batman. Now, now I'm just imagining them introducing Batman and the Flash, like, like they do on like Sunday Night Football. Oh. <laughs> and it's like it's Batman, but in the subtitles, like. Josh's boy, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love it. The question is, Josh. Yes. Who would win in a game of basketball? Batman or LBJ, LeBron James? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we got some goats here. We got some. We got some and yes, they both have prep time. <laughs> they both have prep time. Well, right now, LBJ got himself a foot injury, so I feel like Batman oh. win. But okay. in terms of prime, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I mean, Batman can basically has like a, a twenty, uh, like a twenty foot vertical. So, you know. <laughs> but you counterpoint, know. LBJ gets that look in his eye. Yeah, he does. When he's ready to get it done, because he's the king. Right, JC? Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Just like in Game 7 of the 2016 Finals. Oh, here we go! I love it! <laughs> here we go again, man. Game 7 of the 2016 Finals against... JC, can you name the opposing team? The Lakers. Oh, no! Hey, a California team, nonetheless. It was a California team based in San Francisco. The Golden State Warriors. Ah. Uh. I think it was San Francisco is where they are. Either that or Oakland. was going to be the Giants. There is no basketball team called the Giants. There is a football team and baseball team, the Giants. My third guess was going to be the Colts. 
Nice. All right. Well, we are entering into uh, football Blasphemous territory. Blasphemous territory. Blasphemous <laughs> uh, We have discussions about the Colts, man. I mean, with the some, Jackson. Some would say that Steph Curry is the Suzaku of the NBA. Mm, maybe. maybe. Just maybe. Because oh. he is long. He's a long boy. And he does have him some morals. Yes, I guess morality, because he he was he was kind of posed as this uh, Christian athlete. That was his big thing. Like the whole, he was a representative of that Christian fitness uh, brand that was going on True. for a while. Fit, I don't forgot what it was called. Do we remember? And there's what? also the fact that LBJ one time opened up his EOS eye and commanded Steph Curry to live. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot! I I can't like that. That decision was absolutely like it's something. Every time he uses the gios, like you feel the weight of the decision. At least when they show it. I mean, he uses it on random people here and there. Like sometimes he wants to snoop through someone's room, so he'll have like use gios and someone to guard the door. Like oh okay, but then when when it shows it on screen, it's a big deal. Really. Because he could only use his Gios once on each person. Yep. Can never use it again. So when he uses it on a character such as Suzaku, it's a pretty it big freaking deal. It means something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does mean something. JC, how do you feel about this batch of episodes? Batch was overall good yes kind of a mixed bag in places but you know um i i enjoyed something about every episode and and i i think that a couple you know are very forgettable mm-hmm. i did forget about them okay. in the past and yeah. i will forget about them again mm. but it's not the end of the world it still services the story and it's okay mm. it's all okay well luckily it's no last batch, but it's still good. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, luckily, to my knowledge, you were the biggest Mal fan that I know. So, I mean, I, I'm... Yeah, I mean, before the before we start recording, JC was like, Mal, 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 Mal. <laughs> Mal! <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so um, I am looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Mal and, like, your, your you know, where he is in the scale of your liking after each time we discuss that man. Now I can't get the, the thought of like a mix between the hit rapper from an from a begone era Bow Wow and Mao. So Bow Mao. Bow Mao. My gosh. You about to drop a new EP. He has got the headphones for it. He does. He's got the look, but he looks like um what's that group that became popular a few years ago? That BTS. No, that's K-pop. This is still English pop. Wow. Uh, no. Where they... It was like pop slash rock slash EDM, right? They started, like, they danced... They had a whole music video looking like that, didn't they? Imagine Dragons. These... <laughs> <laughs> um, how about uh, Creed? Oh gosh, that that's that's very much rock, good sir. Very much rock. How about Nickelback? Nickelback, bro, I can't remember it. They had like uh oh my goodness, 
Oh, frick. I'm not even going to remember it, but we don't even have to. It's besides the point. Yeah. Besides the point, but he definitely had that look. And speaking of Mal, I think we could jump right into episode 14. Gios versus Gios. And just talk about this, man. Okay. Well, this this is my episode. And I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't have much to say. But we'll just, we'll just jump right into this. So, most of this episode is just the fallout of the cliffhanger that was the last episode. Mm-hmm. Where Curly knows about uh, Lelouch. That's a big deal. Uh, there's, like, a big blood stain on the ground. Lelouch wakes up. He's trying to figure out, you know, what's going on? Why is my gun missing? Why is this blood here? Is my identity compromised? And he, he calls Suzaku, and he's like, hey, man, what's up? And Suzaku's just like, yeah, why aren't you here? You're a bad student. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, I guess Suzaku doesn't know about me, so that's good. And then he kind of rules out the Japanese Liberation Front and a couple other things, and then it's just like, okay, so it must have been Shirley. Yes. So, Shirley's just kind of dealing with that. And then this guy, Mao, comes up, who was very briefly shown at the end of last episode. We learn very quickly that he can read minds. So he, of course, automatically knows who Lelouch is, because Shirley does. Lulu. <laughs> oh, Lulu. And he loves calling Lelouch Lulu so much. But, uh, yeah, so... The biggest thing from this episode is that we find out that Shirley shot Valletta to protect Lelouch. And that's a pretty big deal. Did you guys pretty have a, wild. Did you guys have a reaction to that? Yeah, I oh. mean... So, wait, what? To... Shirley shot Valletta. Um... No, I mean, it was, I mean, surely just be closing her eyes and shooting things. I mean, <laughs> that's what she does. It, it, It's like, it's like they're playing it off as, as her making these decisions, but it almost doesn't seem intentional. She just closes her eyes and pull the trigger. I don't know what's going to happen next. It ain't me. I just do it. Yeah. Truly. But. Yeah, I, uh, I, I thought. Obviously, this is a pivotal moment for her character. Because, yes. like, it's when she made the decision that, like, regardless of, like, what she believes about Zero, she still loves Lelouch. Yes. And yeah. that is going to be... That is going to reign supreme because she is a 17-year-old teenage girl. Which is fair. Yeah. 18. She's 18? <laughs> right, Jesse? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Um... So Mal basically abducts Shirley because he knows that he can use her as a pawn to get Lelouch. And Lelouch is basically another pawn to get to C2 because this man is obsessed with C2 for some reason that we will find out later. And he coerces Lelouch into playing a chess game. And even though he's never played chess before, he can read all of Lelouch's thoughts. So he knows how to play because of that. And he eventually, 
uh, creates this scenario where he's trying to have Shirley shoot Lelouch, but she mm -hmm. won't do it. And C2 saves the day because she is the ultimate deus ex machina. And yeah. that was pretty much the episode. That's what she do. Yeah. She's the narrator and the deus ex machina. Yes, she is the narrator. Speaking of narrating, uh, she did say something that I thought was cool in her narration at the beginning. Uh, she said, if these unintended consequences help create the new world, who will take the blame for all the sins committed? Yeah. And who will yeah, be the and then, uh, yeah, who will be the judge and who yeah. will meet out the punishment? Yeah, who will be the judge yeah, and meet out the punishment? Which, mm. I yeah, love cool. I love the voiceovers. Like, that's one thing we're like, um, we gotta talk about Elephant in the Room. The theme for the second is the second part of Geass is some of the hottest garbage you'll listen to as an anime fan. It is not good. It is terrible. It yeah. uh, is not even close to being up to the standards of the episodes that it is paired with. Nope. Any of them. Um, and uh, it makes me sad to <laughs> even hear those first few notes before I skip that crap. Yep, every time. Skip. Immediately. Oh, I, I heard it once, and then I was done. I was like, nope, yeah. not again. Not again. Yeah. yeah, I was like, is this as bad as I remember? No, it's somehow worse. Like, JC, you'll, you'll understand this. So, the second theme for Death Note is a lot. <laughs> but it is very much of a different genre. And if you like that genre, you'll like that song. Right. This song is a bad J-Rock song. Yeah. Very it's just, bad. It's just bad no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, liking this song is the wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. It's, yeah, it's just that bad. And, like, those, those lyrics where they're singing Rotting Apple. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What a joke. Yeah, it's bad. So, yeah, that's, that's all we got to say about the opening theme. No need to give it any more discussion. True. It's bad. Um, yeah, I think you covered most of it. Um, except the the last part, I think, is the biggest moment of the entire episode. Yeah, like the whole train scene, I I consider one of the iconic Eos moments. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because like the the fact that he had the Eos, like someone super close to him in this way. Yeah. Is like a turning point. Oh, he didn't have to. He could have thought through well, for a quick well, second how bet how like a better way to do it. Well, no, this, this was an emotional decision. Yes, very emotional. He wasn't thinking logically, which was anti-Lelouch. But then the more you get to know Lelouch, you realize that he does act on emotions quite a bit. Well, that and I think that in this, in this like, watch specifically, I'm starting to get a sense that he actually genuinely cares a lot about Shirley. Oh, yes. I mean, like, oh, yeah. when he had that discussion with her afterwards... And was just like realizing he completely regretted his decision because he won't be able to experience her the way he used to. Yeah, because he lost a friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he loved her. Cared for her. I think he loved I think her. So. I think so too. Spicy. Yeah, I do. I think he loved her and he did not realize that until he lost her. Mm. Yeah. And that makes for an excellent sad boy jam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. 
That is something that Josh would vaguely tweet about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he did. He didn't realize that he loved her until, until he lost, lost her. her. Yeah, that is that. That definitely has some ja- some Josh sad boy vibes here. And there, you know, <laughs> calling me out on the pod. Okay, <laughs> I, ha- I didn't call out anything specific. <laughs> I I definitely have that energy sometimes. You know, like sometimes and that's okay. So if we're comparing, if we're like, if we're comparing ourselves to the Around the NFL podcast, sometimes I find myself to be a Greg, but every so often I'm a Mark. Yeah. You know, every I think so that, often. I think that we can all, we can both agree that in terms of a broad archetypes, JC is absolutely the Sessler. Yes. But everybody's got a little Sessler. Yeah, everybody got a little Sessler. That inner oh. weirdo. Don't worry, audience. I don't know what they're talking about either. <laughs> JC, we got to get you into some football, man. This podcast can maybe get you there. This podcast. Because, like, even my, um, after a job, uh, like, uh, we were driving home from, from work or whatever. It was, like, a three-hour drive home. And I put on, and everybody's sleeping because it's super late, but I put on Around the NFL podcast. Just, like, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this. You guys are sleeping. I'm going to listen to this. But um, my boss wakes up, and he's like, and he doesn't know anything about football whatsoever. Does not care. But he's listening to this. He's like, you know, these guys are really good. Like, he he was enjoying it without knowing really what they were talking about. That's fun. That's how good they are. And also, JC, because you finally got into video games after Josh pestered you about it. Not, because, not that that was the cause. Yes. Josh will absolutely take credit for that. Now he's never going <laughs> to shut up about you liking football. <laughs> oh, man. It would be the absolute just, like, pinnacle of all three of our friendship. Like, we could be discussing <laughs> video games and football and anime, and we could literally just com- completely what, what nerd out. What's better than homogenizing into the same person? All three <laughs> yes. And then we could all experience different things and just bring it into the fold. Because we are A some perfect... open-minded boys. A perfect triune being. Exactly. So I'm hearing that my my lack of enthusiasm about football is the one thing hindering this mega plan. Yes. Yeah, like us achieving like divinity. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. So I'm hearing I hold a tremendous amount of control, and I love you that. do, Absolutely. sir. You do, sir. Thank you for reaffirming that. My mm-hmm. my ego. Mm-hmm. Yes. Desperately. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> desperately. <laughs> Oh my gosh, JC. Oh man. Anyways, Curtis, I am I agree with you that this was a huge like moment within Code Geass and his decision to help Shirley forget him. Yeah. Forget who he is. I mean, was just basically No Way Home. So did No Way Home just like oh, copy oh, this? They ripped, they ripped it off. One of the biggest points of No Way Home, one of the most heartbreaking moments, was a complete ripoff of Code Geass. How do we feel about yep. that, boys? Great, Bob. What? What year did Code Geass come out? <laughs> 2007. Yeah, don't. Oh, um, yeah. Because this might have ripped off Doctor Who. Let me just put that out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I... I, there's probably some story like going further and further back, like some piece of content of the same trope happening. Um, you know, maybe all the way back to the biblical times. I don't know, <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah, 
So it felt very um, oh. No Way Home-esque, and it hit... I guess No Way Home was the copy, but it just hit like that. When MJ had no idea who he was, you know, at that moment, it was just like, oh, man, this is so mm-hmm. sad. Right. So sad. Wait, 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 wait. So this... I mean, Doctor Who's been out. Are you trying to look at which season or, like, when yeah, the season came out? Yeah, I'm looking at the dates. It, okay, okay. Kogias, it looks like, probably preceded that episode. And or it came, it came out the same year as that episode. Oh, oh shoot. So okay. I guess it was just tight, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's, in terms of, like, scheduling and writing, all that stuff, it doesn't seem like it was a copy, except No Way Home could possibly be one. Yeah. So they either took it from Doctor Who or Kogias. Yeah. Wild stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Mal. Oh, do you though? What do you wanna what do you wanna <laughs> what do you wanna say about Mal? Let's have our Mal conversation now so okay. that we can just focus on the plot. Yeah, let's talk about episode. Mal now. Mal now. Mal now. Mal now. <laughs> um I think it's safe to say that Mal as a character is the weirdest part of season one of Kogios. Feels incredibly out of place. Yeah. Um, I think that Kogios in and of itself is a very over-the-top, dramatic show. Yes. Yeah. And it's very theatrical. I always liken it to, like, a Shakespearean drama. Yep. Because, like, the characters are very, like, pronounced and charismatic, and they're just flying all over the place, and it feels like it's almost choreographed how characters yeah. behave. Yeah. But Mal is just a different level of that entirely. He is unhinged. And he's so utterly ridiculous that you're like, and like on paper, the idea of like introducing another Geos user is crazy. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that both of you all were like, what? When you first saw him, when I showed it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But by the third episode, you're like, oh, so he came back for a third time, huh? Back to back to back. <laughs> back to back uh, to back. Let's go. Oh, my God. Mal, don't dead. quit. He he really did pull off the three-peat. Yeah, so, he did. I want to I go ahead and say this here. As soon as... Okay. As soon as Mal was presumed dead at the end of the second episode, I was just like, oh, my goodness. We got through it. Thank the Lord. <laughs> and then... Oh, so you forgot he came back. I forgot he came back. Oh, man. And I was like, wait, we're doing this again? <laughs> nah. Episode 16 was one that was very much stained in my mind um, because it was one of the coolest, epic, most epic uses of Geos, which we'll get to in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, I'm glad I forgot that. Yeah, so I yeah, did not like, forget. That, that was an incredible reveal and like a top, top 10 Lelouch moment. Yeah, that right. Lelouch moment um, was absolutely bonkers. And I think that if they had just toned down Mao a little bit, and in regards to specifically the English dub, I think the guy they got him, they got to voice him in the English dub was annoying AF. <laughs> but oh, yeah. you could also argue that based off of like his animations, that that was the point. Right? Yeah, he was supposed um, to be like un. He's supposed to be a, supposed to be an unhinged clown, basically. Yeah, well, like, it stemmed from trauma. I mean, he literally was given this contract at the age of yeah. nine. Yeah. Six. Six. Yeah, like, freaking freaking C2 traumatized him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luke, Paul Perrault. 
Pretty messed yeah. up person. Yeah. Well, he called he called her out, but it, it almost seemed like he called her out at first because he was blaming her for Shirley's problem, like why Shirley was in the situation she yeah. was. Yeah. A lot of how Lelouch reacted in like most of the map episodes was just him being really upset about the Shirley thing. Yes. And I definitely saw that like pushing through a lot more this time, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, but yeah, um, I think that I think it's safe to say that like Code Geass is full of a bunch of highs and very few lows. But I do think that the Mao arc, while it had a lot of good stuff in it, was definitely a bit more of a plateau as a bit of as opposed to like an escalating type thing. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, there's a lot of cool stuff still happening, but every time Mao comes on screen, you're like, okay, my eyes are rolling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree that he like you could replace him with someone else, and the quality of the arc might just be better. Yeah. Like. He was incredibly annoying, and like you, I mean, I realized they were trying to display someone who was completely obsessive due to trauma, and like he felt like she was the only reason, like person he could live with because he can't read her thoughts, which was kind of cool. I don't know, they they could have done something a little different, but but yeah, I. I think we're in agreement on our thoughts on now. I think so. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to episode 15. <laughs> Cheering Mao. <laughs> Which is what we've been doing. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. All right, so um, my first hot point was something that I brought up just a minute ago, was that I thought it was interesting that Lelouch was blaming C2 for Shirley. And that was happening over and over again. Every time he got mad, it, like at the whole situation, it, or like when he was yelling at C two about it, he didn't even know the whole story when he got mad at her first. Like he just got mad at her because yeah, he loves C two and or not C two but Shirley, and he was just like, "It's your fault that this unhinged maniac is on the streets." Um, but. Speaking of taking the streets, C2 taking the streets at night was pretty B.A. Like, she was pulling a Batman. Like, holy frick. Just taking him. Yeah. That was great. It's like, where's Falcone? Yeah. (laughs) Basically. She was just like, just like, beating people up in the streets and just interrogating them. It was a very different c2 thing i don't think we'd ever just done see or like seen c2 do something like that oh, yeah she she was wrecking shop she was um my next hot point is uh just one word valetta yeah she uh she lost her memory she did i think we lost curtis oh wait are you back Curtis? Yeah. Oh. I'm here. We lost you. Or we lost... Yeah, we lost you for a second. Yeah, the voices got all squiggly, so I had to... Ooh, squiggly. Um, but yeah, next half point, yeah, Valletta. Um, she, yeah. Valletta. Yes, I wrote her name in all caps. And (laughs) just, uh... Yeah, didn't I say she was my number one on the rankings of some sort? 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I did. She is a great cook. <laughs> yep. She right, JC? She makes... There was... What? There was cooking. There was cooking. She made octopus hot dogs. Which reminded me of another show. Oh, yeah. Isn't that Love is War? Is that what she Love yeah. is War. Yeah. Love is yeah. I was literally... I, like, I had to do a double take. I was like, what show am I watching? True, but is Love is War came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, anyways. So, Valletta is something. But that's about it. So, the story plot is, like, if we've seen the episodes, of course, is that Valletta, I guess, that was, was shot and then lost all of her memory and left by the ocean or a yeah. lake. Basically, basically thrown into a bunch of rubble. Yeah. And she was um, then picked up by one of the knights. Oki. Oki. That's right. That's his name. And he seems to be a good boy. Yep. You know, so. Ogi has the character of a golden retriever. Yeah, he kind of does. Very loyal, precious boy. Not mm -hmm. a lot to him. Nah, I totally agree. So and he's always fighting that. Like, he realizes that, like, he doesn't have the abilities to really stand with people like Colin or Zero or anything mm -hmm. like that. And he really struggles with that. Poor guy. I mean, I think he was he was the leader of the resistance in the same in the for the same reason like Captain America, the leader of the Avengers. He's not the most powerful, yeah, but he he can bring everybody together. Mm -hmm. Um, it will. It seems that the resistance needed a display of power and intelligence and a big level though to really get some stuff done. Oh yeah, to like yeah, raise he was just keeping ceiling. them keeping them organized for the time being. Yeah. Um, and my next hot point, though, was something that we talked about. Mao got Gios as a young child. That was really sad to see. And I need you guys to help maybe brush my memory for a second. Why did she give him the Gios again, other than he lost his parents? He was an orphan. Oh, no, she never gave the reason why. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. maybe there was something that I missed. Well, okay, like, she, she spoke outside of that flashback about the fact that like he couldn't fulfill her contract yes but that was that's after the she, that, that's the reason she cut him loose yes but the reason but the, but the reason that she made the the contract or the she made the agreement with him to give him gas was so that he could fulfill her contract because that's all she wants but do we we don't know loose. what her contract was no we do not we also don't know who she keeps talking to. Yeah. Like, seem to exist. Yeah, that's in another... But it's, it's important to keep talking about it because it's important. Which, right. ep which episode was that, technically? AT? Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually forgotten if we ever even find out. We do. Yeah, there, okay. is, there is definitely some things that I forgot, too. Josh, but... do you remember who she's talking to? Do I remember who she's... Yeah. Hmm... No, I don't. Thank goodness it's not just me. There's only one person that I can think of, but I don't think it was him. Maybe it is. Oh. Who do you think it is? Oh. No, it's not him. I was thinking of Big Daddy. 
Oh, big old Charles. Big daddy. But it's not him. At least I don't think it is. Yeah, so I've forgotten who it is. Mm. Okay. So, um... So, my next... My next point in this episode, um, so basically, C2 seems to get in a huge fight with Lelouch. They're fighting back and forth, and she's like, well, looks, I'll leave, like, he's like, leave me anyways, because all you want to do, like, you're so selfish, you just want people to fulfill your contract, and that's it. Like, you don't care about people, and, like, you're the reason that, sh again, like, kind of the thoughts of, or feelings that you're the reason Shirley, like, what happened to Shirley happened, like, the whole deal, and so she's like, well, anyways, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go leave with Mal, because, you know, you'll get what you wanted, you told me to leave, blah, 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 this, and then shows up with a gun to basically shoot Mal, but then Mal had his own thoughts and shot her a bunch of times. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, he just kept also, shooting her. Him, I'm sure you thought this, Josh. Him, him meeting her at a amusement park. Big Joker vibe. Yeah, real big Joker vibe. Like real big um, killing joke style. Mm -hmm. uh. Yeah, which is uh, uh, you're 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 reacting that way because of the movie, JC, not because of the comic. Right? Well, no, I'm I'm reacting because of what happens in general in the killing joke. Yeah. Oh, it's a very up. intense story. It is very mature, and children should not read it at all. Nope. Nope. Definitely uh, should wait a little while before you read that story. Um, before you get some hair in his chest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, basically, that's happening, and then Lelouch gives a nice old setup and does Lelouch things again where he predicts the conversation with Mal. So Mal is very much unhinged, yet Lelouch can predict what he's gonna say. Because This part was sick. Yes. I mean, because his only motivating factor really for life, like Mal's motivating factor, is C2. Yeah, and I guess Lelouch understood that at its very core and was able to manipulate and predict now everything yes everything so then he geosses an entire police force to come and take that man down to shoot him up and uh, one thing lelouch did say um to to really set off now is like i've gained all the things that you have never seen all of them Ooh. Mm. That he's, was a lot. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's basically like, I have her, you don't. Yep. And that really I mean, he, that he basically off. hit her with a couple of yo mama jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how you really set a person out. Just hit a, a few yo mama jokes, and you good. Like, code, like, uh, Lelouch hit him with a little young gravy. Oh, oh my goodness. Gosh. What a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but here's the thing. If Young Gravy put on the Zero costume, it would be an impeccable cosplay. Something he is tall. like that. He is a very he tall is man. Tall. He is thin. His hair is pretty like, poofy, poofy and curly, though. Well, yeah, but he'd bunch it up. With, he'd, he'd be able to bind it up and put the helmet on, at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Something like that. Uh, but that's about all I have I to say about expect, this episode. I did not expect to have a young gravy Lelouch comparison. No. Um, but yeah, that's about all I have to say about this episode. Yeah, I didn't write down anything. Yeah, I mean, special shout out to when he said that he was going to saw C2 into a bunch of little pieces. To take yeah. Yeah, that and was weird. Like, huh. Huh. And like, the fact that he has enough money to build a house in Australia, but not to buy two seats on a plane. Yeah, it was pretty I mean, dark. Obviously, obviously, it's all about control. Yeah, it is. So, he wants, like, complete control over her. Yeah, it's, it's like, um, to the point where, like, you know, logic is thrown out the door mm -hmm. and willing to do anything. And it just it didn't make any sense, and Alush played off of that, and Mao is completely unnecessary. Uh, in fact, one would even say that Mao was willing to follow C2 like toy soldier. Oof. Oh, gosh. Man. Oh my. All these references. Curtis just got all the references. Let's go. Just all of them. Pumping them out. But let's move on to episode 16, Royce. Alright, so, um, Nonally held hostage. Also, if you all ever hear an echo, it's because my bed is in this tiny little alcove, and sometimes I charge it over there. As soon as I hear the alcove, or the echo in the alcove. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. There's an echo in here. Mm, but I anyway, I have not experienced was, an echo. Well, good. Yeah. And the headphones are doing their job. But it sure bothers me. Oh. <laughs> okay. But uh, for the listeners, that's how the sausage is made. That's how the sausage is made. All right. Um. So, a couple points before we get into the meat of the episode. Um. Detard has instituted a cell structure into the Black Knight organization. And it's mm -hmm. kind of cool to see, like, how the different, like, organizational changes that he's made at the consent of Lelouch, wherein they are sealing information, making sure that lower-level members don't have access to said information, and it seems to be really efficient. Right, JC? Yeah, I was quite impressed. I was extremely impressed. Detard has turned himself into a very, like, valuable asset to the mm -hmm. Resistance. But I think it's also it's also cool that uh, Lelouch is like, I still don't trust him at all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, like, I'm going to use him. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean the, the dude's basically a genius. He's way smarter than I took him credit for. Mm-hmm. Goodness. There's a lot of power and influence. Mm -hmm. He's really, uh, he's obsessed with uh, Zero quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, is that how you would describe him? Yeah. How would you describe him, Joe? I don't know. I feel like when I hear obsessed with Zero, I, I think Orange Boy. I just, uh, I just feel like Detard is very fascinated with Zero because of, like, how he's able to do what he's done. But I guess obsession like, could be some a word you would like. Use. Like Detard is to Lelouch, what I would be to a real life Optimus Prime. A fanboy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a fanboy. I would say, like, just someone who's fascinated by it. But I mean, he definitely does see. I think. I think. Yeah, he does. Maybe sees Lelouch as this all like this deity like power. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, or like he he just he just is obsessed with like greatness, and yeah, also, no, he very also, he very much is. Also, avoiding his own boredom because he seemed to be extraordinarily bored before he met Lelouch. Um, but anyway, that's cool. Um, C2's headed to the Chinese Federation, rocking a nice wig and some business lady clothes, looking fly. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see a flashback with Lelouch, Nanali, and Suzaku that I thought was really cool and really, like, tragic, because, like, um, Nanali is blind by this point, and Lelouch is carrying her on her back, on his back, and she's like, and she's like, Lelouch, why is why, why does it smell so bad? And like they're literally like going past a bunch of like charred bodies. Mm, very, Lelouch very is, traumatic for young yeah. children. And and Lelouch is just like, Oh, I mean it's it's cool, it's chill. It's just a garbage dump. Yeah. And like freaking Izaku is like Losing not holding it. it together. And you're like, dang, like oof. Yeah. Like Izaku's character is just so good. And yeah. like every Every bit of backstory we get to him just explains so much about why he cares about what he does and who his character is. Yeah, I mean, th- this episode definitely is a big one uh, trying to explain why he is the way he is. Oh, yeah. We'll get to yep. that. Um, long story short, Mao lived because apparently they somehow missed all of his vital organs that would kill him instantly if he got shot there. Yeah, and Britannian medicine is advanced. Where's that a... was the dumbest thing maybe in this entire show. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is fair. I cannot argue with that. This is the whole Palpatine survived nonsense. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> Somehow Palpatine survived. Somehow he survived. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, Mal's like, you should have said kill me, not shoot me eighteen times. Ha ha ha. Yeah, Mao, Mao is such, like, a tongue-lashing character. He's like, I know what you are, but what am I, Lulu? Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. Mao lived. He's got Nanali. She's kidnapped underneath the school. And you're like, all right, here we go. I guess. Have you all seen that meme online where um, it's, like, the trying to, like, wade into the comment section? He, like, put on the hazmat suit. And you, you open the door. You seen that mean? I haven't, no. but it sounds sounds like something. <sighs> oh well, basically the it's like well I guess I got to do this, and you're like well I guess I got to go through another Mal episode. Yep. Doesn't mean there's not great stuff to be experienced though. Um, True. We get a we get a pretty funny joke about how uh, the student council's talking about Lelouch and like his love life basically. And I think it's I think it's Rivel who's like Lelouch has never taken quote the plunge. Yeah. <laughs> Rivel. And uh yep. They're like, he is a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. That was like it was like uh Rivel and Nina. And he was like, Yeah, yeah Lelouch has never had the plunge and she's like the plunge, the plunge. And then and then yeah, no experience. Experience <laughs> Nina is about to flip out at any point. Nina, Nina is oh, she is a fun you know one. She is a fun one. Nina is just like the the physical manifestation of of Scott, Sky, Cyclops about to laser anything at any time. 
Yes. He's like, I am gonna flip out. I'm gonna give it to you raw. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I forgot he said that. Oh my word! It was a great scene. Oh no, Scott! What are you doing? <laughs> X Men Evolution, everybody. We reviewed it. it. Show Go watch all those episodes. Yes, we reviewed. we reviewed it. Go listen to our review on that show. There is some interesting takes, um, but. The introduction of my favorite, um, like one of my favorite X characters of all time, so or like mutants. There you go. So let's go. Wait, who's that? X twenty three. Oh, duh. Solid character. Yes. So, Valletta made lunch for Ogie in this episode. Yeah. And uh, let me just say, she has some long hair. Yes, she does. And uh, she is uh, seems like a nice lady. <laughs> yep, real nice, good, 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 good manners. Sweet lord. <laughs> yeah, let's just say that as I have matured, I have come to appreciate her finer personality qualities. Yes, yes, JC. Okay, where does she rank for you now? I, I feel like she's got to go up, right? I, I, I don't really have her on my list. You don't? I, why not? I mean, no. she cooked freaking octopus hot dogs, man. I mean, you know, and she's real nice, too. Real nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's she clearly does something for you, Josh, that she's just not doing for me. I'm sorry. Mm, you'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> JC has plenty of life left to live, <laughs> and he's gonna mature, and he's gonna come to the right, the right conclusion. I mean, I'm like a decade younger than you guys, so I mean, exactly, yeah. at least, exactly, at least. Um. So yeah, that was Valetta made lunch for Ogie. They're real hot. Um. Uh. Let's see. Nonali is rigged to a bomb to explode because Mao is a silly boy. Um, one interesting scene that's kind of cut up into all this, um, Cornelia and Yuffie are hanging out at a villa mm -hmm. in, uh, Area 11, um, and they're talking about Clovis and, like, how artistic he was and how, like, thoughtful he was, um, and, uh, they're just having some, like, sibling bonding time, and I thought that was really interesting, because they also, um, Cornelia also talked about how Clovis loved Lady Marion being Lelouch and Nanali's mom so much that he modeled this entire villa after her villa. Mm. It really makes me wonder, why in the world did Lelouch kill Clovis? He was part of the system. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, Lelouch kind of like, I mean, he would have, he would have killed Cornelia pretty easily, like the same, but like, he likes Yuffie a lot. So, like, yeah, she's but, a part of the system, too. Yeah, but he understands that Yuffie is fighting against the system. Yeah, I and I, I, feel like, I feel like he could identify that, like, despite the fact that Clovis had some, like, redeeming qualities and, like, had the capacity for love, he was also, like, fundamentally broken and would make a terrible emperor. 
He would. Yeah. But I feel like with enough pressure, Clovis would just step down and just do, like, not even care about having power. Because it seemed that Clovis didn't even care much about having the power anyways. Well, he was the one conducting all the experiments on uh, C2. Mm, true. Like, behind his father's back. That is true. Mm. So, like, I think he was more interested in, like, the weird religious side of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, okay. Let's see. Good points. Uh, so, Mao challenges Lelouch to another game of chess, and it's a very Batman Joker. Where he's like, we're going to play chess, and every piece that you lose will be another balance towards the scale of her dying. Yep. Um, Suzaku comes through in the end, though. And we it is revealed that Lelouch done Giosed himself into forgetting about their plan in order for Mao to focus on his conscious mind. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. It, it, and what Lelouch like put himself through, right? Because he, he legitimately thought that Nanali was going to blow up right there. Yeah. 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 Seeing Lelouch like have a breakdown, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm. The tension... So much tension. That was but, just... uh, yeah. Great moment. Suzaku busts in, starts giving, <laughs> reading uh, Mao his Miranda rights. And uh, then Mao just, just uh, nonchalantly says, uh, get off of me, father killer. Oh. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. And it is revealed that Suzaku murdered his father as a child in order for Japan to surrender and to save the lives of its people. Yeah. Wild revelation. Yeah. As yeah. a ten-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. As a ten-year-old, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty wild thing to well, first of all, to understand. Yeah. As a young boy, to understand that the death of his father would actually result in what it did. Suzaku wow. is a smart boy, but uh, because like if because the, the fa- like his father seemed like he was going to go through with it, right, and rile- rally up all the resistance and like do one last push. Mm-hmm. And then, but everyone believed that his father committed suicide, so it wouldn't. So, like, because it would be dishonorable, to, I guess, to back down. Right? Is that the thought process? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think they were trying to say that it was like an act of protest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just something like all that. Yeah, a little murky for me. I'm understanding exactly the situation, but yes. He murdered his own father. So the last thing that happens in the episode is uh, C2 as uh, Mao is making his escape because he scrambled Suzaku's poor brain. Wait, 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 wait. You have to talk about what Lelouch said to Mao. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. Um, This is one sentence. As he's like, uh, as he's like messing with, um, 
He's playing Suzaku. his games with Suzaku. Yeah. yeah, playing his mind games. Lush finally opens up that beautiful Gios eye of his and says, Never speak again! Yes. <laughs> and, now, uh, yep, he never, never speak again. again. Yeah. For the next, for the remaining five to ten seconds of his life. Because then C2 is like, Well, I'll see you in C's world, which is like the afterlife in this universe. Yeah. And is she, that the first time it was mentioned? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she whips out a silenced pistol and clocks it in the face. Yeah. And he goes, well, she, also says, she also says, I really did love you. Don't wait for yeah. me in Seat Squirrel. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thus ends the tale of Bao Mao. Bao Mao. Yeah, thank goodness he's gone. He's gone. Put him in the dirt. Let's talk about cooler stuff now. Yep. Yeah. Any I... other thoughts on this episode? Mm. Despite now, this was a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the stakes were high. The I mean, we had Suzaku and Lelouch working together. And they're always so good together. Yes. And they're always... Oh, um... Something I wanted to mention about the Cheering Mao episode. I really liked the conversation that Lelouch and C2 had at the end on the top of the skyscraper. Where they, like, where Lelouch kind of, like, then offered her a contract. Oh, and they kind of true. Truly be- and they kind of truly became partners in crime. And they had, like, the sexiest handshake imaginable where, like, their pinky fingers met. The sexiest <laughs> And you're like, whoa, this is awesome. Oh my gosh! I did not predict. I I did not view it that way, but I am. I love it. They, I mean, they be having some chemistry, fam. Yeah, yeah, they definitely, and she definitely has feelings for him of some sort. She gets jealous after every girl he talks to. Come on now. True. I can't believe we just talked about how sexy a handshake was. It was so sexy, though. It, it's twenty twenty three, JC. Keep up. <laughs> my gosh. It was very slow motion. They were definitely, like, touching beforehand. So it's like, okay, mm. I guess that's a thing. Mm. I, I guess you could say that go. it was, like, a slight act of foreplay, per se, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, moving on. You know. That that might have been five play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, no, I don't have anything more to say about this episode. Um, I thought the whole, like, Lelouch finding out he geassed himself was pretty freaking dope. Mm -hmm. Um, again stating he can now never do that again yeah Um, yep (laughs) what just to make sure now was wearing the visor because that was keeping him from being geos by lelouch is that right yeah i believe so yeah because lelouch needs direct eye contact correct yeah okay just want to make sure and also now lelouch no longer has an out in case he wants like out of all this like now he can't look into a mirror and be like i think i'm a bird (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh true true he can't like completely forget all of it right then and there you know for for like purposefully he's like my new name is ryan (laughs) o'brien oh yeah oh i'm gonna build a life in florida That is definitely where Iron Man Armored Avengers takes place. Yep. Exactly. Florida. 
Florida man yeah. turns into electricity. <laughs> oh gosh. Florida man Dude, builds the lemon la- laser would totally live in Florida. Yeah, he would. Despite his accent, he would live in Florida. Well, yeah, he he was born in New York, but he 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 longed to go to Florida. <laughs> I'm the living laser. Amazing. All right. Um, shall we move on to the next episode? Night. Night. All right. So, episode begins with Alouche doing some thinking. And Josh, yes, there is much to think about. <laughs> so much. Oh my gosh, you guys kill me. <laughs> um, he's doing this while he's getting drawn by his other classmates. That's kind of fun. Where they're like, hey, stop moving, Lelouch. Um, and you can tell all the girls love love uh, drawing him because he's an edgy boy. Edgy boy. <laughs> much like all three of us, edgy boys. Exactly. Yep. Um, Toto is imprisoned, who is the last remaining general, or, like, commander. Yeah, he's not quite a general, but he's, like, special Colonel. commander or something. Oh, Colonel. Colonel. Yeah, that's right, because they call him Colonel Toto, like, 75 times. My bad. It's okay. Um, Colonel Toto is imprisoned because we had a brief scene a couple episodes ago where, uh, somebody set up, um... The to- uh, Toto and the four holy swords to like be captured, but he kind of gave himself up so that they could escape. Um, Princess Euphemia needs to choose her knight, so that's kind of a subplot that starts going on in this episode that becomes a main plot later. Um, but at the same time, Lelouch wants someone to protect Nonali because he needs to start devoting more time to Black Knights, and he knows that when he like destroys the world, he'll have to be away from his sister for a while. So, you can already feel the tragedy building there. Um, so then, Euphemia is at this art gallery, where she's going to choose, like, the winner of, like, an art competition. And she has this interesting scene where, like, um, she's like, oh, that's such a pretty painting. And then the freaking racist Britannian guy is like, well, unfortunately, we did some research. And the artist was a quarter eleven. Yeah, I'm. I, mean, like, I would. Okay, okay. Why did Euphemia act, respond the way she did, though? Yeah, that to me that felt like she was fronting. She was putting on a front. Yeah, okay, it did, but like, okay, like she 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 responded with, "Well, then maybe it shouldn't have been displayed here in the first place." Yeah, well, she asked, "Why is it displayed here in the first place?" Yeah, like yeah. Okay, like I thought you were like not a, not a Japanese hater. It just seemed weird. I got the impression that she was just saying that to be like, well, if you have such a problem with it, then why is it even here? Yeah. I didn't think that she was saying that it was an issue that it was there. I thought she was calling out the inconsistency. Yeah, that's, Maybe. that's kind of what I what I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I feel like yeah, she was she was maybe putting on sort of a front because she didn't need to respond at all she could have said like oh okay mm-hmm. but yeah so yeah um and all of like her handlers are being like super like kind of douchey with Euphemia where they're like oh the princess can't handle the political questions 
and she's just sitting there like, uh, yes, I can. But yeah. as the sub, as a sub viceroy, she's basically a figurehead. They literally call her a figurehead at some point in this batch, um, and she's just there to like cut ribbons and be pretty. Yep. And that sucks. Um, we meet Rakshada for the first time. She's basically the Black Knight's version of Lloyd. Yep. And she's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. She has some fun energy. And uh, she uh, she seems like a nice pretty, pretty lady. Fun, fun, fun to hang out with. Yeah. Now, like, I think I think she uh, she could be a a uh, underrated candidate for the simplest, Mister Josh. <laughs> I mean, her, what do you take? Here? Her and Valletta are definitely definitely up there. I feel like in the Court of Capes. I think <laughs> I I I think I I would put her above Valletta. Whoa! Okay. Those are some spicy takes. Mhm, mhm, mhm. We just we okay. haven't had enough screen time of Valletta really having a lot yeah. of conversation. I mean, yeah. but Valletta did go complete Batman and figure out who Zero was and everything. I mean, she did. Yeah. She's I mean, smart. She, she did all that. She is very smart. When she has her head, like when she has a mission, you know, when she puts her head to something, she gets it done. Yeah. For whatever reason, Rockstar just seems more interesting to me. Mm. Okay. Mm. And, like, like her whole thing is, like, she's extremely smart, and she, like, gets results. And I'm just like, yeah, I can work with this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she is very much like Lloyd. history between her and Lloyd that they hint at in uh, the next couple episodes. Yes. True. Now, what country did she? they say she was from? Oh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure she is from India. That's what I thought. That's pretty cool. I like that we're finally getting like more world building. Like Mao's yeah. from China, she's from India. Mm -hmm. A little more diversity too. Yeah. But it's uh, funny that all the characters are drawn like the same animation, so you can't really tell. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to tell when someone's from some. Like I would have never guessed that Mao's from China, except when she just said like, it. Yeah, just like different. Some of them have different skin tones, but then Mao just has the same skin tone. Yeah. And you're like, huh. Um, so, we meet Rakshada, she gives Colin a super cool new suit to pilot her nightmare in. Pretty I like the red it. suit. Mm -hmm. And then it's revealed that Suzaku is going to be forced to execute his former master, Colonel Toto. That's sad. Which is, like, just like... And, like, they don't spend a whole lot of time on this plot point because it almost immediately shifts when, like, Toto is sprung. But that scene where Suzaku is sitting next to Lloyd and they have to, like, sign some paperwork or whatever and, like, he's just shaking. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, not even saying a word. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, I feel, like it was, I feel like it was definitely intensified because it was his former, like, master. But it, it just the situation in general, I don't think Suzaku was up to play ball for that. No. Okay. Heck no. They keep trying to compromise his standards, his morality. Well, yeah, they, they basically are just like, how far can we push you to for you to prove that you are for Britannia? Yeah. Like, they're they're using, they're basically, yeah, they're, I mean, they're abusing his standing completely. Just like, 
you say yeah. you're an honorary Britannian, prove it. We'll like, mm -hmm. and then we'll make you do things that like we won't even make other Britannians do, but we'll make you do them. Yeah, pretty gross. Absolutely. So, Zero rescues Toto. And they, Toto's basically like, yeah, I've done all I wanted to do, and now I want to die. <laughs> and Zero's like, very well, then I'll claim your life for myself. What a great quote. Oh, man. That was so fun. Like, spoiler, I love this episode. This is a great freaking episode. <laughs> yeah. it's like, a, a lot of cool stuff happens. A lot episode. of cool stuff. A lot of uh, fun, funny stuff. So, as Toto's getting sprung and, like, the four holy swords are busting out their sweet swords and their nightmare frames. Yeah, JC, how you feel about them swords? I like them. Probably can. Lancelot swords better. Huh? The Lancelot swords better, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which one do you like more? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Lancelot sword or the Star Saber? From from uh, the star, the Star Saber from um, Transformers Prime. I mean, the Star Saber can like shoot out like beams. That's yeah, it cool. also could be destroyed uh, pretty easily, and then hey, completely hey. mimicked pretty easily. It's an old old sword. Okay, all right. And when it was rebuilt, it never got destroyed. Yeah, so I I thought that was one of the most garbage things for Transformers Prime to do. Give you the most, like, one of the most epic weapons that could literally give you an upper hand in this whole fight, and then it's gone the next episode. What? I know. <laughs> but Optimus would have just slain Megatron, and it would have been over. Yeah, he would have. have. He would have taken that step. He would have cut off his head, and it would have been, it would have been a whole David and Goliath thing. Anyways, back to Kogi. So, Josh, uh, tell me about the Spanish guitar. <laughs> the guitar? Yep, the Spanish guitar that starts playing yeah, and all the cool stuff's happening. There's some funny music that going on in this whole breakout <laughs> scene. And it's choreographed, too. Like, yep. this scene is so funny to me. I laughed the first time I watched it, and I laughed again because it is so funny. It's, it's this serious scene where... Co we're like Lelouch is literally getting Toto to help fight for you know for his vision and where he sees for like for Japan and the whole deal to take another step and like under Lelouch's leadership and it's a big thing but once they step out there is literally a choreographed scene with all of their nightmares and this music and it's freaking hilarious it's so funny it's so weird but so funny it felt so out of place. It did that. feel out of place, but I just laughed. Oh, man. It is, I don't know why. I, for it's one, just so love funny. me some Spanish guitar. It's so funny. I mean, I love the fun music that uh, this show just, like, throws into, like, battle scenes. It's, it's pretty mm -hmm. So, Toto's Nightmare is absolutely sick. Love the design, love the sword. Probably my fourth favorite nightmare in the show. Hmm. Toto's nightmare. Mm -hmm. 
I like it a lot. I'm more interested on your thoughts on the nightmare coming up. We will talk about this. Yes. Um. So his nightmare is sick. Um, Lush has been analyzing Suzaku's fighting style. And well, he, he, knows he didn't it. know it was Suzaku. No, he didn't know it was Suzaku, but he's been analyzing the Lancelot's fighting style, and he literally has cracked it. Because Lush wipes the floor in terms of strategy with Suzaku. Suzaku is predictable. And uh, so as as Colonel Toto is peeling the top off of the Lancelot, it is revealed to everyone that it is, in fact, Suzaku. And Lelouch cannot deal. No, he cannot. In fact, he orders a strategic retreat because he just can't take it. Yeah, Yeah. and Toto totally thought it was like a genius plan. He's like, you see moves ahead from everybody. So, like... Yeah, because the reinforcements were just about to get there, too. So it worked out. Yeah. And poor Colin was like, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, She's like, what do we do? (laughs) Which is fair, because, I mean, that's that's her classmate. Like, she's never had that hit that close to home to her before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, everyone was just about to literally kill him. They're like, all right, like, we literally have the Lancelot in the palm of our hands, in the pilot. Like, this would be a huge win for the revolution. And mm-hmm. it was in the midst of battle, too, so everybody was on board. But then when Lelouch and Colin both saw how it was, they're like, oh, goodness, this is not good. Yep. Euphemia then chooses her knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay, to rewind real quick on when when Zero find or when Lelouch finds out that like you know Suzaku when he stands up and he's like freaking out and he's like I doesn't know how to deal with it. He did, but he did like one line that I was like really interesting to me is like who's watching Nanali, right? Because during this time, yes, Nanali was kidnapped, so now he has to figure out like while he's doing Zero things, who can protect Nanali? Yeah. Well, it turns oh, out. Yeah. Because this whole thing was he wanted Suzaku to be her knight. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So now he's like, but who's going to watch Nanali yeah, now? Yeah, who's going to watch Nanali now oh, that, man. you know, this guy's on the front lines, too? Yeah. So it's basically like, basically, like, the death of, like, multiple plants. Yeah. And possibly the death of a friendship? Hmm. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yep. Yeah. Lots of stuff with that one. But yeah, the the last thing I wrote down was, at the end of the episode, Lelouch can only laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That was. That I was asked sad. myself, is the Lelouch Bruce Wayne or Joker? Like. Mm. It seems. Are like... we witnessing a villain origin story? Yes, that is the question that a new person would ask themselves. I mean, I don't know. Like, at the very end of the show, like, you know, like... Uh, you yourself. could debate a lot of things. Yes, which we could discuss. We should give a discussion in the quarter capes, you know, like, debating, you know, where Lelouch fell in those categories at the end. Okay. Um... But yeah. Is he good guy or bad guy? Is he good guy or bad guy? 
<laughs> yeah, that is all I had for this very good episode. That was a good breakdown. Yeah, it Thank was. You, Seth. I love the line that he used with Toto where he said, I can likely turn their dreams into reality. Mm. <laughs> Basically telling him that I'm the Obi-Wan of this world right now. And JC, that is what we call a vision statement. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I thought that moment ready? where he was discovered that Suzaku was Sir Lancelot was really well done. It mm-hmm. was. It sure was. And, like, again, the paradigm has shifted. Mm-hmm. I like how the show, you know, changes up the formula every once in a while like this. Where yeah. new things are revealed and it really shakes things up. Yeah. Dynamics are created and destroyed. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's mm-hmm. just good writing overall is, like, throw a little curveball out there that that stuns everybody and just like oh it also feels earned mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like it felt like it was time yeah the timing was good too. identity can't yeah. go through the entire show and not be revealed at the end that would be yeah a little too much yeah, yeah. and it's cool that it's very rare for any two episodes of geos to even feel like they're in the same like place in the world like, the world's constantly shifting. Like, mm-hmm. new players are coming, new relationships are changing every episode. So there's no stagnation, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's great to see. After like a slower-paced show, such as yeah. Overlord. Yeah, Oof. like, there's, there's just very few shows have it where there's so many moving parts. Because, like, yeah, with Overlord, you, know, you can go six episodes in a row and feel like, you know, <laughs> the world hasn't changed much at all. Like nothing happened. You don't even know what world you're in. What is this? Yeah, you still don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we still don't. We still have no idea what hey, world we'll, Overlord's hey, in. We'll find out the answers. And I'm sure they'll be very satisfied. In season twelve, I swear. Yep. <laughs> we'll review them though. <laughs> we are still reviewing them. I guess. <laughs> when is All season right, five? Well, Wait, sorry. What? Oh, are we ready for the next episode? Yeah, episode 18. Give it to us. Okay. I order you Suzaku Kurugi. That is the title. Mm-hmm. So, this episode begins with Suzaku officially being knighted by Euphemia. Yes. And that, that crowd did not know what to do. Lloyd started clapping, and then... Uh, was was it? it Lloyd, the first one? Lloyd yeah. was. Was, was Schneisel the other I thought Schneisel yeah. was the first one. No. no, it was Lloyd. It was Lloyd. But Lloyd... Was it Lloyd Schneisel in the other room? Followed. No. No. Schneisel, okay. yeah. He okay. followed. Okay. Uh, but Lloyd's yeah. assistant was somewhere else, right? And she, she was watching on the television. I think. And also, um... What's his name? Um, he's, a. Uh, He's a commander for Cornelia. He was there, too. And he started clapping before the crowd, too. Oh, Gopher? Not Gopher. Oh, not Gopher. Who's the other guy? Oh, I don't know the other guy. I completely forgot his name. I don't know if he has one. (laughs) You got no name! I'm pretty sure he has a name. (laughs) Like Roy or something, maybe? I don't know. I wasn't Um, being very serious on that. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, but yeah, so there's a very slow, awkward applause. Quite, quite the uh, interesting moment. So afterwards, 
uh, Yuffie and Cornelia are kind of debriefing on that decision. And Cornelia is mad that she elevated a quote-unquote 11 because discrimination is the national policy. Yeah. Um, Britannia, why? Inequality is good. Yeah. All men are not created equal. Disgusting. Really disgusting. She might not be a good person. Huh. Are you sure? That's a hot take. But wait. Well, you know, that, that, that hasn't stopped me from simping before. <laughs> <laughs> as death. What? Little as death. As death. As death. Anyway, uh, we see later on in the, uh, like, after party, I guess, for uh, Suzaku, that Colin's there, and I think they're at like a school party for him. Yeah. And Colin's straight up trying to assassinate Suzaku at school. She's like, I am going to kill this boy. Yeah. And Lelouch was like, What you doing there? And she's just like, Uh, you know, just saying hi. Yeah. And we later find out that D-Tard was trying to uh, have Colin do that. And this is where we kind of find out his obsession with Zero that we briefly mentioned earlier. Mm. Pretty interesting. And Lelouch is just like, yeah, you're going to stay out of the military affairs? Got it? He's like, oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Kind of like him like correcting D-Tard overreaching. Yeah, it was a good moment, because he yeah. needed to be put in place, clearly. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. I, it was very personal for Lelouch, though, with Suzaku as part oh. of it. Because so if it wasn't Suzaku, do you think that he would have just gone through with it and just been like, oh, yes, we're going to assassinate the pilot of the Nightmare, like the Sir Lancelot? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And, I mean, and then, like, roll credits, right? At <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, you won. How it should have like, ended. <laughs> yeah, honestly. It's like, that was a good show. Oh, goodness. But, yeah. So, uh... Then we get to... I, I guess I'm skipping a little bit, but kind of like towards the end of the episode, I guess. Uh, I mean, the pinnacle of the episode was near the end, so that was the... Yeah. So so I guess it's the beginning of the end. It's like where uh, the Lancelot... They're basically trying to capture the Lancelot. Because the yeah. Lush is like, we have got to force him to join our side. Yeah. That's nicely before. Now he's like, I'm going to twist this boy's arm. So Rakshada figures it out how she can immobilize the Securidite, which powers nightmares. Yeah. And she essentially immobilizes the Lancelot. Like straight up with the artifact from Transformers Prime. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, and, and Lloyd was like, oh my goodness, I thought that was theoretical. This must be Rakshada. So he knows who he's dealing with. So that's pretty cool that her reputation precedes herself. Oh, yeah. Can't be a complete genius without getting a notice completely. I mean, come on. True enough. But then the craziest moment 
possibly the craziest moment happens. And Lelouch confronts Suzaku now that he's immobilized, and he utilizes the knowledge about him killing his father against him. Yeah. And he basically says, I know this about you, and the only way to atone is to join me. Of all the manipulative things, that is next level, like, evil manipulation right there. Oh, yeah. That's messed up. And Suzaku doesn't really even fall for it. Although, to be fair, he didn't really have much of a chance, because they get interrupted. That's true. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah, go ahead. No, I said just they got interrupted by hella missiles. Oh, so many missiles. So many. But we actually get a scene with Charles, the Emperor. Hmm. And he says something about constructing the Thought Elevator. Which is just like, huh, wonder what that means. And he talks about how Schneisel is going against him. Which is Hmm. also very interesting. Hmm. But then we get to see a little bit about that because at the very end of the episode, after there's all these missiles coming down, we see a floating ship. Yes. And everyone's just like, wait, what? It, hover tech? What is this nonsense? Yeah, then Nick Fury jumps out and is like, this is S.H.I.E.L.D. Just to jig Homeland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time to, time to join the Avengers. That's right. Or, or Agent Fowler, because... A lot of the vehicles in Transformers Prime hovered. It's just like, that shouldn't be a thing, probably. Mm, true. Like, that's not realistic, but okay. Uh, but yeah, so... So this is a big deal in the show, as it should be. Because we can't do that. Uh, and we have the Avalon, which is Nizel's vehicle. And it uh, unleashes a nightmare which uh, does some big blasts, which basically uh, were so powerful, they ended the episode. Yep, the end. Pretty crazy. Yeah, this this episode was really good. Yeah, so good. it was. Like, um, it's just like, I've listened to a lot of podcasts in my day, um, and I've heard a lot of people talk about how amazing the end of Star Wars Episode Six is. Um, and I agree with this take because the last, like, 45 minutes of that movie, there are, like, three planes of action. There's a thing that's going on in the Forest Planet, there's a thing that's going on in the Death Star, and there's a third thing that I forget what it is. Um, oh, it's the, the space battles. Um... And all those three planes of action are equally interesting, and they keep cutting between them, and it means the pacing's really good, and you're really engaged throughout. I feel like Geos does that every other episode, Mm -hmm. where, like, five things are happening at once, and all of them are fascinating, and, like, really engaging, and, like, scary for the viewer. True. And and it just all serves to, like, crescendo into raising the tension even higher. And I think that's what this episode did so well. I like that. It really did. That's a great comparison. 
And the fact that they left us on another cliffhanger, kind of like when uh, we weren't sure if, like, Shirley shot Lelouch, but this time we're like, what did Lelouch say to Suzaku? Oh, that's true, because he opened up his helmet. Yeah. And then the, uh, the Avalon shot up everybody. Yep. Or so it seemed. So, so it seemed. The intensity was at a peak, and it was great. It was fantastic. But shall we see the after effects of this episode? What oh, went man. down? Yeah. Seems that we oh, find oh, ourselves... What? Special shout out to Euphemia, like, taking, taking things in her own hands. Oh, oh true. Yeah. yeah, she was literally about to race there with a nightmare, about to, like, yeah. get stuff done. Yeah, she was like, if you're going to try to blow up uh, Suzaku, you're going to blow me up, too. Yeah, and yeah. then Lloyd's like, ah, they probably will, so... Yeah! Yeah. You know... Lloyd's like, these people will mess around. Yeah, if they can end Zero, like, they'll do... They'll sacrifice about anybody to do it. Pretty crazy. Yeah, they called it para one, right? Level, something like that. Para, yeah, para level. Para level one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, to find out. All right. So it seems that we find ourselves in an episode of Lost. So true. <laughs> that is exactly where we find ourselves. Yeah. No disagreements from me. <laughs> we just need a little bit more smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first top point is that's a very interesting start uh, with Colin and Suzaku. Yeah, there is some uh, nudity here. Yes, there is. And, you know, it might even argue for how uh, maybe wholesome a boy Suzaku is, because he doesn't say or do anything about that whatsoever. Nope. Yeah. He's, got a, he's a man on a mission, man. Him and Tony Stark are like, like you know, real close. <laughs> he's a... T- man on a mission (laughs) all right so basically what happened is we have um two uh separate groups um stranded on this island that uh lelouch quickly figured out that they were on an island um colin and suzaku and euphemia and lelouch spicy this is like the only real screen time with them that we've seen other than when he the tower. Yep. Yeah, and, I love this episode because it pairs together characters that haven't gotten to hang out much. Yes. Yeah. But run, and, you know. And the character interactions are rich, and it feels Avatar-esque in that way. Yes. It also feels, um, I don't remember the name of the episode between Paige and... Uh, Oh, yeah, Isolated. Isolated, yes. Yeah. Feels very much like that. Freaking great episode. Mm-hmm. That was Brilliant. one of our favorite episodes. That was bomb. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, f- felt very much like that. So we get to experience you that again. Tron two years ago. Wait, really? Yeah. Yes. 2021. No March way! 2021. That's yeah, insane. I, I, Time has lost all meaning. <laughs> That's absolutely insane. All right. My next hot point is that I thought it was awesome, but I totally forgot that Euphemia knew that Zero uh, like zero was Lelouch. Or Lelouch yeah, was like, Zero. Yeah, like, figured it out. 
Yeah. Yeah. After the scene in the tower, he apparently had said too much, and she just figured out who he was. But she did nothing about it. Nope. I mean, I think there's some points for her, I guess. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Do you want to just... hear something else that'll blow your mind, though, Josh? Ooh, what you got? What you got? This is the fourth calendar year that we've been doing the Court of Capes. Are you serious? Yeah. We started, we started in 2020. 2020. Oh. And now it's 2023. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. We started in what, like, uh, uh, like September? August? Yeah. Yeah, September, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's wild. Talking about the butt man. The butt man. <laughs> oh, great, man. This is fantastic. You know, just the court of case. We've been through it. Just talking with you boys about good slash bad content. You know, there's some bad <laughs> stuff in there. A lot we of good stuff. Get... Yeah. Some bad stuff. Yeah, we try to make most of it, though. Absolutely. It's been a fun ride. All right. Next hot point is a question for you guys. Prince Schneisel, is he the most level-headed Brit Britannian? Hmm. You know, he does seem like he is in control. Yeah. He is He is such a regal, very gentlemanly yeah. character. Mm-hmm. So far as he's been portrayed. Yeah, so like, far as he's been portrayed. He seems extremely level-headed dealing with certain situations. Don't know why he was gone for so long. It was, I mean, like, we're literally uh, 19 episodes in, and he now shows up. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, for sure. But he just seemed extremely level-headed, and, uh, but to discover that they are uh, he's got his mind towards other things. Yeah. He's got his thoughts towards other things. Similar to Clovis. Per se. And mm-hmm. uh, throughout this episode, guys, I don't know about you, but I just had On a Tropical Island playing in my head. Just about all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what a good song. So, yeah. That, that was uh, just like... I was just loving that. And I was loving the interactions between all of them and basically challenging each other's point of view, at least especially between Colin and Suzaku. That's all it was. It's just challenging what they're doing with their lives and how they're going about it and their point of view and everything like that. Similar to what Suzaku and Zero have been doing, but it was definitely, I thought it was a good mix up to put Colin in that because we have her own story now and we understand her even more so. And I think, uh, I think I resonate with what Colin's doing. Um, yeah, and there's... yeah I, I think that, yeah, the fact that, like, she, she made her decision to keep fighting. Yeah. Yeah, she did. And, like, I mean, she feels as if she doesn't fight that her brother died for nothing. And yeah, she yeah. shared with that. And But she also, she shared some interesting thoughts with, like Suzaku trying to point out that like his mindset is flawed just like basically what he's doing is not actually looking out for the Japanese like he says he's trying to do right it's not doing that yeah yeah I resonated with her completely in that conversation yeah 
I loved her passion. I love yep. Colin's passion so much. She is uh, she is freaking awesome. She's a good character. Oh, absolutely. Um, lots of some Colin. Lots of secrets being shared on this island. Because Suzaku did tell her that he killed his daddy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And obviously Euphemia knew that like Lelouch was zero and he did take off the helmet and they had frank conversations maybe about what he's doing. I feel like Euphemia could could have dug a little deeper but she didn't. She just wanted she was so happy to have Lelouch again. Mm-hmm. She was so yeah. happy. He's been dead to her for seven years. Mm. Yeah. So it was she was just like couldn't help but cry seeing his face even though she was, he was doing a lot of things that she'd probably disagree with. And she murdered her, his, you know, her brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the uh, interesting thing was, like, that I wrote down again for an exact point, was a, a quote... Um, that was said was that the real reason of invading countries was to obtain these objects, which seem to be connected with Gios. And that was really interesting. So just like, it's almost like, uh, similar to World War II, but not like, like the thought process of the horrible, horrendous experiments on people, right? And those kinds of stories, like, that was the part of the thing was to, like, to perform those experiments and to do weird stuff and, like, go to the next level of humanity, which was absolutely horrible and tragic. Um, but it seemed to be esque or similar to that kind of thought process. I don't know if you guys understand what I'm saying. I guess I'm not fully following. Oh, I'm talking... Okay, so... So... What was I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I just, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't go there, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, a similarity, like, because they performed a worldwide invasion. Right. And have, like, like a, insanely like kinda, racist... Trying claim, ra huh? Trying to claim that the ends justify the means is very similar in that yeah. situation. Yeah, but, like, but it, it's that, like, it's not just for, like, power's sake. Right. But there's another ulterior motive behind it all. Yeah, I gotcha. And, like, there were a lot of thoughts that in World War II, like, Adolf's, like, reasoning for doing that other than, you know, like, trying to eliminate certain groups of people was to, well, he would do experiments as well. Like, and there was a lot of that happening, and it was horrible, and that was part of the reason was to, like, I don't know, take humanity to the next level in, like, this absolutely inhumane way. So, maybe not as tragic or, like, bad, but it's still... I was just... I don't know. That's the, there's that's what popped in my mind. Just, like, there's this ulterior motive of... Because if you think of what Britannia has done, I mean, anybody that stands in their way, they kill. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Yep, very Nazi-esque. Yeah. It is extremely Nazi-esque, and I mean that's what it it's what it boiled down to, and all these other countries 
didn't survive because they exhausted all the resources and had to give in. And I'm sure there there are other um, stories. But anyways, so it, I just thought it was the like the quote that the real reason of invading these countries was to obtain these objects. Like there's a a hidden story within just fighting against this resistance. Like right. it, it opened up uh, a new possibility for other chapters. Um, okay. So then my last top point was that we are revealed, or we are shown what like Lelouch said to Suzaku. Mm. This is when near the end of the episode, we're shown what Lelouch said to Suzaku and it was his command for him to live. Yeah. And commanding him to live basically uh, caused him to abandon what he stood for and his principles and only save himself. I have to live! Yes. And they got that on tape! And that's never gonna come back again. Ever. (laughs) Oh, goodness. goodness. But yeah, that's basically what I had to say. It was also cool seeing a new nightmare. The Gawain! Which we did get to see. And some... It seemed that there was an interesting... Because... Like some more stuff with Gios because Lelouch had an obvious reaction to what happened when they triggered that device or relic or whatever you might want to call it. Uh, and and Suzaku also had a reaction as well. Um, but yeah, turns out Lelouch got out. Him and Colin flying away. Giant robot. One that flies. Yeah, one that flies. JC, how do you feel about the flying robot? Oh, I like. Mm-hmm. I want to see some other robots fly. Ooh. Where does it rank for you? Is it above uh, Is it above Collins? Because I know nothing's above the Lancelot. Right. No, it's probably like third for me right now. Okay. Curtis, what does it rank for you? I'd put it below. I'd put it number four right now. Um, mm. Is Toto's at three? Yeah, Toto's is a three currently. Um, okay. I think that, and we'll see this one to like stands next to other nightmares, but like it's too big. It is real big. Yeah. It's chunky. It's not really maneuverable. That's but it can, but it can fly. Kind of just flies around. <laughs> I do like the Egyptian design though. Yeah. It's fun. But yeah, that's all I have to say about that episode. Islands of the Gods. A good episode. Yeah. Is it time to rank? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess I could just go. Alright, let's rank see em. it. Okay. Number six, I have Fearing Mouth. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that's real fair. Yeah, I think that's where it belongs. Going up from there, I have Gios versus Gios. I also feel like that's where that belongs. <laughs> then this one, 
and number three are almost interchangeable for me, but where I have it is at number four I have Night. Then number three, Island of the Gods. Two, I order you Suzaku Kurugi. And number one, I have Nanali Hold Hostage. Oh, Nanali Hold Hostage was your favorite. You put a Mao episode at number one, huh? Mm. It was hard to do that. Mm. But I, I liked that episode a lot despite now because we got the crazy backstory for Suzaku. We got the crazy use of Gios with Lelouch on himself. And the absolute crazy moment where never speak again, all happening. So it was action packed with cool moments. Is that my list? I don't hate your list. I don't hate yeah, your list. I, I see the reasoning behind it. My list is different. <laughs> I figure. <laughs> Let's hear your list, Curtis. The bottom I have cheering Mao. Yep. At uh, number five, I have Nanali held hostage. Ooh. Oof. Much lower. Great moments. Um, but a good portion of that episode is just Lelouch and Suzaku running around going, Where's Nanali? That's true. Uh, number four, I have Gios versus Gios. I think the... I think the Shirley moment still trumps any other moment for me in the Mao arc. Mm-hmm. The Shirley okay. train moment is still like so emotional and so like well done. Uh, number three, I have Knight. I think it has a lot of good things going for it. Love me some Toto. Love that that Yuffie Suzaku relationship gets developed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have I order you Suzaku Kurugi. A lot of tension and escalation in this episode and then number one I have Island of the Gods because I am always a sucker for some character development and new character interaction there was a lot of that there was and a lot of philosophizing about why characters are doing what they're doing mm. yep alright always waiting on me okay Hmm. We'll do pain, and then wait. That would make that number one. Great. Shoot. Okay. Um. When Josh still is noseless. Okay. So at the bottom, I do have cheering Mao. Check Yeah. At number five, though. What is the name of that episode? What's the name of episode 18? I order you. Oh, I order you. Yeah. Okay. No, shoot. That wouldn't... Yeah. Dang. No. Yeah. That feels wrong. It does feel wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, actually, we'll do... Okay. I was just trying to think of things. Okay. At number five, I have Gios versus Gios. That feels more right. At, yeah, that's fair. At number four, I have um, Nanali Held Hostage. Okay, okay. Checks out. At number three, I have I Order You uh, Su- uh, Suzaku. 
At number two, I have Island of the Gods. And at one, I do have Night. Wow. Yeah, I figured somebody would put Night number one. I definitely considered it. Yeah, it's just like that whole breakout moment at the end was just oof, so good. Freaking great. At, and it ended so well. And uh, like Euphemia, like making her decision like publicly to support the Elevens in a sense. Like, to be mm-hmm. their advocate. Big deal. Yes, indeed. Big deal. All right. We got a draft here. Curtis, your shenanigans. Right. We are ready. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So the draft, the draft order, as it currently is, is me, Josh, then Curtis. <laughs> we'll so, let us first go over the episode titles. Six episodes this week. Finishing up season one. First episode, Battle at Kyushu. The School Festival Declaration. Bloodstained Yuffie. At Least with Sorrow. The Collapsing Stage. And the final episode of season one, Zero. All right, so um, I'm uh, I'm not gonna beat around the bush, Josh. I have an offer to move up to move up to the second overall pick. Okay. And that offer that offer is um, I would be willing to waive our episode limit for a specific show. Oh. If you were to ever pitch it. Oh, gosh. Because our episode limit is 56, isn't it? 65. Oh. Oh. And the, the only show that we review that's longer than that is impossible, but we gained special permission to do so from Josh. Yes, that is and true. And I'm giving you my special permission to one day, or the next show, or whenever you want, to pitch Dragon Ball. The original series. <laughs> oh, the original series. Yes. Ah, oh, shoot. How many episodes? Like, and you is don't that? have to use that now. You can use that whenever you want, and I will never change my mind about that. Uh, okay. Uh, why does it keep saying Z? There are only uh, there are 153 episodes with Dragon Ball. <laughs> I don't think I want to put you guys through that at all. I appreciate you. I was you hoping can... there were like 90. You no. can say no to this offer. I can say no to this offer. Dang it. And it would end right here. Because <laughs> I'm not coming to the table if you say no. Oh, that's all right, true. All right, all right. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I change my offer to Batman the Animated Series. What do you mean? I uh, I hereby rescind the episode limit for Batman the Animated Series. We okay. can watch it. Oh, wait. So, okay. So, you're saying that... Okay. So, there are 109 episodes in Batman the Animated Series. That's more manageable. It is. Because there, like, there were like 87 in Kim Possible. Yeah. But Kim Possible did feel like it was going on forever. 
I'm sure there will be some batches in Batman the Animated Series that go a little long. Yeah. Hmm. I, I'm also interested in what you're willing to offer JC, though. But I have to take you up on this for that to happen. Yep. yep. You can keep saying no for a while. I'm, I'm happy to let this go. No, this is, my, this is my final offer. <laughs> take it or leave it. Frick. Batman. Are you willing to give up the chance at getting a certain episode? I mean, we would be willing to discuss the episode. I mean, it's not like we're not going to discuss this episode. We all know what episode is on the table right here. Yeah. Well, yeah. The episode that rocked us all to our core in Code Geass. Yeah. Blew our underpants off. Yes. I wish I was there for JC's response. I really would. It was, it was very similar to your response. Okay, because, yeah, I stood up and was just like, no, 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 no. No, and which is like, holy crap, no. Ugh. Um, yeah. Batman the Animated Series. See, I wouldn't want to put you guys through 109 episodes. However, it is one of my favorite shows of all time. So is Dragon Ball. Man. It's Batman the Animated Series. Which is so freaking good. So if I accept, that means that you take my spot as second pick. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to convince JC if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking it over? Do you have an answer? What's I am happening? thinking about it right now. All right, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> 30 seconds have begun. Okay. Let me think about this. So so that means that as if I say no that 20 seconds. As of like that moment there we cannot review Batman the animated series. That's Pretty much it. I mean, I could always come around and I could be like, Josh, I give you permission. And technically, Five that's, seconds. The, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, so I'm going to say no. Oh. Ouch. Okay. Well, I tried. You tried. You well, didn't try. Yeah. Well, I. You... Yep. Okay. Do you, do you know what you would have offered me, Curtis? Yeah. Okay, well, what would you have offered me? Nope. Not I think Curtis is not going to... Curtis has some power with that. I don't think he's going to tell us what he would offer you. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, did, I didn't think Zero he would. Zero chance of that. Yep, yep, yep. That's fun. That's fun. Okay, I respect that. But I will 100% respect my uh, prior thing and saying that I will not come to the table since Josh and you did not reach a deal. So, uh, my pick is Bloodstained Yuffie, and we're moving on to Josh. <laughs> I honestly, I honestly was hoping, was hoping that you would not choose it because I was willing to waive it. I was hoping, I was hoping that um, Curtis wouldn't even come to the table with me and that he would like rely on my better natures. 
and not I was, even. I was considering just not coming to table with JC if I was able to, to get straight up with cash. I was so hoping you'd be like, yeah, I didn't have anything because I figured you would just let me have it. And then ah. I'd just be like, no, I'm taking it. Uh oh, chaos. So JC, JC, you better take some Kim Possible So the Drama level notes. Oh, yeah, I make, I make no promises. There are no conditions with this. You better. No, you better. You know what's good for you. <laughs> oh, he's and like, I will yes, find you. And yes, that is a threat, not a promise. <laughs> I love it, man. Amazing. Oh, goodness. This is great. amazing. This is fantastic. Well, I then am going to pick um, at least with sorrow. What the heck? You don't even want that episode. <laughs> I got screwed. Where are you taking, Curtis? I'll take, uh... I'll take zero. That's what I thought you would. Yep. That's a good one. That is the mm -hmm. finale of season one. I'm gonna get stuck with a stupid school festival episode. <laughs> I'll take the collapsing stage. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll do Battle of Kyushu. Well, so. that was fairly predictable. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know. If they only took some notes from the school festival of My Hero, right? Like, if somehow they could go back in time. I know. It's such a good school up festival episode made me cry oh yeah Ugh. when they were all standing up like that like in uh wait you are you talking about the when they all put their peace sign up kind of thing that moment uh, that was a school festival moment was it wasn't that at the end i'm talking about when they had the song oh oh yeah what a good moment Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> oh live action response Curtis has disliked the choosing <laughs> <laughs> oh this is fantastic this is Hilarious. absolutely great we're gonna just plow through the episodes let's just plow through 20 and 21 and just like really focus on 22 and 23 true that's just basically what we're gonna do really 22 through 24 through 22 to 25 like a whole season of stuff happens yeah it's pretty crazy mm. yeah i'm very excited to discuss it with you guys yes as am i well there you have it ladies and gentlemen of the jury another episode of the court of capes this was a long one as we were discussing some some great stuff, some character development, some some big pieces moving into place for what happens in the next batch of episodes. You can find us on Spotify or other podcast services such as Anchor, um, Google Podcasts, um, things like that. If you look up the Court of Capes, we are your favorite judges where we discuss rage and rank hero content. Boys, what are some last words that you have for the journey? ready to cry with us next time my gosh uh yeah game of thrones got nothing on this moment mm. 
I order you to bust out the tissues. Peace out.